Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 186, 10 ways to use YouTube with podcasting and growing an audience. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Today, I'm doing things a little bit differently because of the content that I'm presenting to you in this episode of the Audacity to Podcast, and that is 10 ways to use YouTube with podcasting. I originally wanted to use the text for podcasting just for the sake of search engine optimization because I know people are searching for how do I use YouTube for podcasting, but it's not really using YouTube for podcasting because YouTube is not a podcasting platform. To have a podcast, you need to have episodic downloadable media that is syndicated through an RSS feed. YouTube does not provide downloadable media, and it also does not provide an RSS feed for potential subscribers. So YouTube is not at all, at least at the moment, a podcasting platform, but you can use YouTube with your podcast and to help your podcast as a another point of distribution and to help you with search engine optimization, growing your audience, and complementing your regular content platform. So I have 10 ways that you can use YouTube for podcasting or with podcasting. Number one, publish your audio podcast on YouTube. This is really... I have strong opinions about this. This is kind of the poor man's cop-out for using YouTube with podcasting. It is where you take the audio from your podcast and you put it on YouTube with nothing but a simple cover art slapped on or maybe some slides. It's really not true video. This would be like faux video or pseudo video or just not really video at all. It is audio with an image on it. I don't really think this is highly effective, and this is why I'm so critical of this method. I think it can do actually more harm than good. Within my own podcast network, Noodle Mix Network, over at noodle.mx, we've had some of our shows do this before, and at first, the plain numbers, the view numbers, seem amazing. More than 21,000 views on one of our videos. That seems wildly successful for a 36-minute long video that is just audio with cover art. That's all it is. No actual video in it. So it's an audio video. But the audience retention for that, those 21,000 views, 90% of the audience left within the first two minutes of the audio video. Five minutes in, there was only 5% of the audience left. That means that for that audience or that initial view count of 21,000, which sounds great, that is 19,000 potential raving fans who turned away from the video and may never come back because it wasn't a true video. It was this audio video. So I really don't recommend this. And there are certain stats and analytics that you can see about these kinds of videos in YouTube. If you go into your YouTube analytics 
click on a single video, change your time view to the lifetime view, and then over on the left side, go to audience retention, and you'll be able to see this same drop-off on your own videos to see. And most of the time, you will see an initial drop-off, and that's where people see something about the video and they decide, nah, I'm not really interested in this. That doesn't mean you lose an audience. It could just mean they're not that interested. But if that drop-off is huge within the first minute or couple minutes, then you know you're really not reaching them very well. And you can see that through the audience retention section in YouTube. And you can also see the average view length. So like with this video, 36-minute long video, its average view length was about a minute and a half, even less than that, actually. So People are not staying to watch these audio videos, but it is something you could do. And there are certain accessibility things that this helps you with that, yes, it can mean someone might be able to play it in an app that they wouldn't normally be able to. But is this the really the way that you want to build your audience with this cheap tactic? And I do have strong opinions about this. Don't do audio videos do video videos. So that is number one. Publish your audio podcast on YouTube, but don't. Number two, publish talking head video from your recording session. I'm doing that right now. You may notice there's a bit more of a hiss in the background in this recording, and that's why I don't normally live stream video sessions of the Audacity podcast, is because live streaming the video makes my computer work a whole lot harder. And I have an older computer, a 2010 MacBook Pro at this time. And so when it has to compress high definition video or just any kind of video in real time, it really takes a lot of energy from the computer. And so the fan has to rev up and get really loud. And that's why there's some hiss in the background of this recording. And my compressor limiter gate is cutting that out when I'm not talking. But when I'm talking, you can probably hear some of that hiss. But that is why I choose not to usually live stream or record the talking head video from the Audacity to podcast, but I'm doing it this time as a little test as I continue doing more research on drop-off rates and YouTube retention and all of that uh, when publishing different kinds of video on YouTube. But this is something that you can do, and some people do this with some success. And a talking head video is where, if you're watching this video right now, or you can go watch it at the audacitypodcast.com slash YouTube, the talking video or talking head video is where all you see is my head and I'm doing nothing but talking. I'm not showing you things. I'm not pointing out things. I'm not cutting to other camera views. I'm not showing you something with a different camera view, holding something up to the camera, showing you B-roll footage or anything like that. It is simply my head talking on video. Now, this isn't a bad thing necessarily. This is a whole lot better than making audio videos on YouTube, which is really basically a hack. But I think the retention for this on YouTube will still be a bit low because people will get to see this is pretty much all you're doing. I think the retention will be longer than audio videos, but there's not much to keep people watching because you aren't seeing anything interesting. And I'm even keeping right now my studio pretty simple looking for the videos. So it's just basic lighting and a black background. But this is still a way that you could do this. Now, if you make talking head video on YouTube and you publish a video podcast or an audio podcast, please comment on the show notes for this at 
theaudacitypodcast.com slash 186. I'd love to talk with you and see some of your statistics if you're willing to contribute to my research as I'm putting together a bunch of things. I really want to know how is this working for you and what kind of audience retention are you seeing? But this is still a way that you can use YouTube with podcasting. Number two, publish talking head video from your recording session. Number three, upload HD video episodes to YouTube. Video podcasting is expensive, especially when you configure in the media hosting for video podcasting, because just a five-minute video in high definition can take several hundred megabytes of storage. This is the reason why the video episodes that I put out are not in HD. They're at 640 by 360 pixels, which is still widescreen, but it's not HD. And it's, it's good enough, I think, for showing most things. But if you really want to show off your high-definition video and look great, or you want people to see great details, but you don't have the money or the bandwidth for the high-definition downloadable video, upload that 720p or 1080p video to YouTube. You can't use that as a podcasting platform, so people can't download that HD video. But these HD videos will be viewable on your website, and this does also make sharing your video podcast much easier, much more social, And these HD videos can then be embedded in Pinterest, on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, your website, and much more. So this is number three. Upload your HD video episodes to YouTube. And if you have a video podcast, there's absolutely no reason you should not be putting your videos on YouTube. Or let me put that another way that's a little bit more positive. If you have a video podcast, you should be also uploading your videos to YouTube to reach that amazing platform, which is also pretty much like a search engine. Number four, embed YouTube videos on your site. Take that high definition YouTube video just a little bit further by embedding it on your site in a page or post. And it works great if it goes along with your regular podcast episode. You may even want to replace the regular podcast player that you get like with PowerPress or at least replace the video player with the YouTube video player. This is what I do whenever I release a video episode of podcasting video tips. That's my separate video podcast I do about podcasting. It's not just the talking head version of the Audacity to Podcast, but it's, it's actual video video. It's not audio video. And I put that out on YouTube and on a separate channel on iTunes. You can get those subscription links at theaudacitypodcast.com. But I've also done a video before where I showed what I do on my site is that I use PowerPress, so you still get the PowerPress player, the download links, the video still goes in the RSS feed. But when you go to the show notes, like if you go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash Amazon links, that's one of my videos about a couple amazing WordPress plugins for creating Amazon affiliate links and bundles. You'll see there that the video is actually a YouTube video, but right below that is the PowerPress stuff, not a PowerPress player. But there is a PowerPress download link, something that says podcast, and the podcast version of it, that downloadable video, is in the RSS feed. I have a blog post and video showing you how to do that, and that's linked in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 186. Keep in mind that your YouTube views won't contribute to your podcast stats. 
you will have completely separate stats over there. But it is really cool that you can see that retention statistic that you don't really get accurately from podcast statistics. But you certainly could improve the experience for your audience by providing your video in high definition, as well as providing something that is more social for people, that they can embed it more easily on their site. More people are familiar with embedding YouTube videos than they are with embedding audio episodes, which you can do with PowerPress, but they're just not as familiar with it, and you have to enable that feature. So that's number four. Embed YouTube videos on your site. Number five, use Google Plus Hangouts or Hangouts on Air for interviews and roundtables. Google Plus Hangouts and Hangouts on Air, which is the live-streamed version of Hangouts it's, or the public version, either of these let you invite multiple guests into your recording session. And you can do really cool things like let Hangouts automatically switch back and forth between whoever is talking. So if I had a co-host on with me right now, it would switch to them when they talk. It also does some a little bit too hyperactive switching by if someone coughs or laughs, then it switches over to them momentarily if I'm not making enough noise. But it is something that makes it easy for you to switch back and forth and makes it a lot more engaging than just a single talking head or just a single camera view that shows everybody. But you can have some camera switching back and forth, especially if people are remote and you're having them join you in your show. You can also choose whether you want your thumbnails for each participant to display in the video in the lower right corner, or it could just be the video, the full screen video that switches back and forth automatically, or you can switch it manually. You could do some of this kind of thing with some fancy software like Wirecast, or with some really expensive fancy hardware like the TriCaster, or you could have a decked out studio with monitors in the background, kind of like Twit used to do, or like Todd Cochran does with his studio, where you get to see him, yeah, talking head, but also behind him, you see TV or computer screens with the people, his guests, on those different screens, and that looks really cool, but he also does live camera switching with his expensive TriCaster. So it's kind of a mix of both worlds, but definitely check out what Todd Cochran is doing with Geek News Central and New Media Show and how he ties that together. So this is another way, though, that you could use YouTube for your podcasting because you could record this by getting people together on a hangout, on a hangout on air. You could live stream it this way or just record it not live, but still YouTube will record this if you choose that option, then you can download that and then you have an audio version with video as well, but you can strip the audio that includes everyone on that call. So you don't have to have fancy hardware to record multiple people like this. You don't have to have fancy software. You don't have to do a double ender or anything like that. And you do get pretty good audio quality. This is how we do it quite often with Podcasters Roundtable is sometimes Ray Ortega from the Podcaster Studio and host of Podcasters Roundtable uses his own portable recorder to record the audio from our sessions, and that's what he distributes as the podcast episode. But sometimes he just takes that YouTube video, cuts it, and extracts the audio from it and publishes that as the audio for the podcast, the audio podcast, and then people watch the live video or afterward, the video on YouTube. So this is number five way to use YouTube with podcasting. Use Google Plus Hangouts and Hangouts on Air for interviews and roundtables. Number six, create video promos on YouTube for your regular podcast content. 
This is another way of springboarding people from one platform back to your platform. Create promotions or teasers for your regular content. Look at how Elsie Escobar has done this with Libsyn's official podcast, The Feed, and I have a link to that in the show notes for this episode, number 186. She's done certain things where it would be about a three-minute or so video episode where she's just saying what's covered in a particular episode of The Feed and why you should watch it. Some other ways that you could leverage this for great search engine optimization and appealing to another platform and community is by creating multiple videos for the same episode, depending on your content. But if you, for example, answer questions in your regular audio podcast, then you could create extremely short videos where you answer that same question, just one question per video, and you title your video with that question. You give the short answer, but then you tell people for more information and to learn all the details about this answer, listen to my normal audio podcast over at, and then point them in that direction to go. Make sure that if you're doing any kind of promo or teaser for your video like this, that you do link to that other content where you want people to go. And I'll tell you more about that when I get down to number nine. But this is number six, create video promos on YouTube for your regular podcast content. Number seven, live stream with YouTube Live. YouTube Live is now my choice for live streaming video. I used to use Livestream and I've tried Justin.tv. They're now gone. Twitch.tv is strictly for video game content. Ustream is all kind of weird in different ways. And YouTube Live is free, at least currently, and you can control whether ads show. It works well on mobile devices. It's easy to embed. And when you stream with YouTube Live, it can go into your YouTube channel automatically and be available immediately after you finish your live stream. So you have all of these great things going for you if you live stream your video with YouTube Live. And from a technical perspective, YouTube Live can work great as well because you can stream to YouTube Live with fancy software like Wirecast, Adobe Media Live Encoder, and other tools out there. But you can also go the simple route and use Hangouts on Air. This is actually the way I prefer. It's everything about Hangouts on Air that you love, but it's just streaming through YouTube Live instead. Hangouts on Air doesn't give you an embeddable URL until you are live. YouTube Live can use the exact same technology, but it can give you an embeddable URL and embed code even before you go live. So then you get a nice countdown like I use over at noodle.mx slash live. And that's a great way that you can get your audience engaged and watching your content or know exactly when your content is supposed to start. So I recommend that if you're going to use YouTube Live, that you point people to your own live page. And that would be just a slash live. Like I have the audacity to podcast.com slash live points you to my audio streaming page normally. But today I'm actually live streaming in video. So I have been tweeting links to noodle.mx slash live. That's the live page for Noodle Mix Network. And that's the live video page. So it's a page I control. I can embed whatever technology I want, whatever chat room I want, post my rules there, have whatever kind of ads or banners or anything like that that I want on the page. If you're going to use YouTube Live, you may notice a frustration, though. And that is, just like with Google Hangouts on Air as well, and now all of the 
most popular streaming services are switching to this kind of thing, like Livestream is doing this. And that is where you get a single URL for every single live event. I can't just embed a single URL that includes all of my videos. It's a video URL for every event I make. So that would mean that normally you would have to swap out your embed code for every single live event on your own live page. But I found a WordPress plugin that kind of helped with this. And I talked to the developer and I became a contributing developer for this plugin. And that is the IX Show Latest YouTube plugin for WordPress. I have a link to that in the show notes at the audacity to podcast.com slash 186. This plugin will show your next upcoming live event, the nice little countdown. Or if you are currently live, it will show your live video at that moment. When you finish the live video, it will then display whatever the most recent video is in your YouTube channel. And it all does this automatically. You don't have to go in and update the code every time you have a new live event. All that right now, at least, the plugin requires is that the page be refreshed between live events. But from the countdown to a live event, people don't have to refresh. That just automatically refreshes itself. But we are working on a special Ajax method of live refreshing if like, you have to switch event codes, switch channels, or anything like that. You're ending one live event and starting another immediately after that. The plugin will eventually be able to take care of that for you. And all of this is without your having to go in and update that YouTube URL for every new live event. So I love using YouTube Live for live streaming. And I'm using that today as I'm live streaming over at noodle.mx slash live. I wouldn't normally do this in video, but I'm doing it because I'm talking about video and also as a little experiment for some other research that I'm trying. So that's number seven, live stream with YouTube live. Number eight way to use YouTube with podcasting is create supplemental YouTube videos to complement your podcast. This is the best way I think you can use YouTube along with your podcasting. Podcasting episodes can be really long, and that's perfectly all right. It's up to you, your content, and your audience to figure out how long is best for presenting this content. But on YouTube, people are a bit less forgiving on how long they'll stay to watch something. So what I've found is that five minutes really seems to be the sweet spot on YouTube. Yes, you can do longer. You can do hours and hours of content. But five minutes seems to be where most people will stay and watch something that's about three to five minutes long. I recommend don't go any longer than about 15 minutes unless you really have to and it's engaging or interesting content and it really does need to be in video. But the best kind of video that you can put on YouTube is where you have to actually show people something like reviews or how-tos or demonstrations or just something that provides a much more entertaining experience for people to be able to see instead of just hearing. Like if I'm doing a YouTube video, I can just hold something up and say this and you can see what I'm pointing to when I say this. If I'm doing audio then I have to say this part of it on the underside where you can see this certain thing and it's right next to this. I have to describe it for you because a picture is worth a thousand words. It takes a thousand words to try and explain certain things that I could just save by showing you a picture. Now, for some great examples, 
on how to create this complementary content for your regular podcast, look at what Ray Ortega does. He creates DSLR videos about shooting DSLR video, and it's part of his show, The Podcaster Studio. He creates these other things that are strictly video content, and he only distributes them through YouTube. But it's great. It helps support what he's doing with his regular audio podcast. It's relevant to that audience, and they cross-promote each other. It's supplementary content. I also do this with my own show, Podcasting Video Tips, on YouTube and on iTunes, where the videos that I put out are generally completely separate content from my audio podcast, like it's a review of microphones or demonstration of something. It's where I want to show you something interesting about podcasting, and those do really well instead of just talking head video, which I am doing for this particular episode, though, as a little experiment. So any kind of highly engaging video that you can put out there will do really well on YouTube. Show something. This could even mean getting out somewhere interesting and recording in some kind of attractive environment. Like someone that I see that does this all the time are the guys from Digital Rev TV, where they have photography videos, they're reviewing camera lenses, camera equipment, and talking other things about photography. They don't just stand or sit in a studio and show you things. The guy goes out walking in the streets of Hong Kong, and he's taking pictures and you get to see the pictures that he takes. He's talking as he's holding the camera, as he's walking. And it's a lot more interesting, even though it is basically talking head. It's a lot nicer than talking head because you're seeing him use the camera. You're seeing him talk about things. When he talks about the plastic build of something, you see him flick it with his fingers and you hear the taps and you see him walking around and interacting with the environment. And it's all edited together really nicely. And there are voiceovers at certain points as well. So check out what Digital Rev is doing. Look at what Ray Ortega is doing. Also look at what I'm doing with podcasting video tips on YouTube and iTunes. And I have all of these links in the show notes for episode 186. So this is my highest recommendation for how to use YouTube with your podcasting is number eight, create supplemental YouTube videos to complement your podcast. Number nine, link to your site and affiliates with YouTube descriptions, annotations, and comments. Every video on YouTube has multiple opportunities for you to send people back to your own platform, which is what I highly recommend. Send people to what you own, not to what someone else owns. There are currently three places that you can put this information and links back to your own content. Descriptions, annotations, and comments. In your description, this is the description that displays below the video. You can put hyperlinks in there. A description, you can mention links to whatever resources you're describing, especially affiliate links can go in here. You could link back to your show notes, link to your regular website, anything like that that you want people to know about. What I commonly see people do as well is they include affiliate links to all of the equipment that they used in making that video or the tools. And that's great for those people who always want to ask, what kind of microphone are you using in that video? Like I was looking at a Rhett and Link videos and I was just curious, what microphone is it that they use in their video? Because I think their video microphone actually sounds better than their audio podcast microphone. And I am highly biased against the Shure SM7B for multiple reasons, but that's what they use in their audio podcast. I saw In the description for every one of their videos, their Good Mythical Morning videos, their daily show, they say 
the equipment that they use, the microphone that they use. So I found that right there very handy. You could do that same thing in your description. The other place is annotations. These are the on-screen links. They can be a speech bubble, some kind of little note, a frame, anything like that that displays on the screen. These can skip forward, around, or back in your video. They can display some text on the screen, but they can also do things like link to places. It can link to subscribe to your show, link to a playlist. It can link even to your own website if you verify your domain. So you can point people back to your website inside the annotations for your YouTube video. You could even point people anywhere you want by creating 301 redirects on your own verified domain. And a great plugin for that is like Pretty Link Pro or Better Links Pro or even Pretty Link Lite, anything that lets you create a link of your own. So you could have slash Amazon and you can link then to your Amazon affiliate through your YouTube video annotations. So when people see something on the screen that says click here to buy this product or click here to subscribe, they can hover their mouse over it. And this is right now only on desktop platforms. But I wouldn't be surprised if this comes to mobile at some point in the future. And then they can click on it and it takes them to that place. This is a great way to leverage the power of YouTube is putting in these annotations. The third place that you can put these links is now in the comments. Before, you couldn't put any hyperlinks in the comments, but this is one of the big reasons I love the new integration with Google Plus into YouTube is that now you can paste URLs in your comments. So your comments can be a whole lot more helpful to people. If someone posts a question and you have an answer on your own website, or they're asking for a recommendation for some equipment or a game or a resource or something, you can put in any kind of link. It doesn't have to be your own verified URL. It could be any URL that you want to put in there, a Bitly link, an Amazon link, a Google link, anything that you want in the comment. And that way, it's so much more helpful to people. And again, try to use affiliate links for these kinds of things, and then you might be able to monetize some of these links. So that's number nine. Link to your site and affiliates with YouTube descriptions, annotations, and comments. Number 10, monetize your content with ads. This is, I think, the last thing that should be on your list for reasons to participate in YouTube with your podcast but it is still a way and a reason to participate. And that is that you can enable ads on your videos. You get a tiny commission every time someone sees an ad on your video, but you earn even more when they click on that ad. And the ads come in multiple formats, and I copied some text from the YouTube official site that describes these, but you get display ads, overlay in-video ads, true view in-display ads, and also non-skippable in-stream ads, and each of these have their own little quirks and methods. But you can choose whether you want these things to display, and you earn income off of them. My YouTube channel has, so far, earned about $270 over time. Some of my videos that have received close to 20,000 views, have earned as much as $80 or so. And that's not a lot, and it's not a huge audience on YouTube when you compare some people get millions and millions of views. But it is still something that can help, especially if you have great timeless video content. Like some of my videos 
are more popular today and get more views per week today than they did back when I initially launched them or for the first year or so as people, more and more people are linking to it, finding it, searching for it and so on. And so I'm seeing the number of views increase exponentially on those videos and I'm kicking myself for not thinking well of YouTube back then enough to put on stuff like subscribe buttons, visual subscribe buttons, and those kinds of annotations to encourage people to connect with the rest of my content. But it can still help pay the bills, especially the more videos you put out there, that's more ads that people see, more opportunities for you to monetize as well. But don't make this be your only reason to be on YouTube because you really won't make a lot with this until you start getting thousands of views for each video or you've got a lot of videos out there. But it is still a potential way of using YouTube with podcasting. So again, these 10 ways to use YouTube with podcasting and growing an audience are number one, publish your audio podcast on YouTube. Number two, Publish talking head video from your recording session. Number three, upload HD video episodes to YouTube. Number four, embed YouTube videos on your site. Number five, use Google Plus Hangouts and Hangouts on Air for interviews and roundtables. Number six, create video promos on YouTube for your regular podcast content. Number seven, live stream with YouTube Live. Number eight, create supplemental YouTube videos to complement your podcast. Number nine, Link to your site and affiliates with YouTube descriptions, annotations, and comments. And number 10, monetize your content with ads. If you'd like any of these links that I mentioned, please go to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 186, and you can review these notes, get all of these links that I mentioned. But let me give you a few tips on using YouTube with podcasting and really using YouTube in general. Number one, Create a YouTube channel for each show or niche. This is something that, oh, I really regret the way that I set this up. And that is that at the time of this recording, all of my videos are in my personal YouTube account. And that's at youtube.com slash noodle MX. That means my Once Upon a Time videos are mixed in with my podcasting videos that are also mixed in with my clean comedy videos. And my thought back then was I'll just create separate playlists for each of these. But people don't really pay as much attention to playlists, and you can't just subscribe to a single playlist. You subscribe to a whole channel. So if someone subscribes to my channel because they like my Once Upon a Time TV show fan content, then they're going to probably unsubscribe when they see me talking about podcasting and reviewing lighting kits and microphones and that other kind of stuff that I do on my YouTube channel. Or if someone is watching my podcasting channel and interested just in podcasting, they'll see my clean comedy content and think, what? What is this? I didn't subscribe to this. I'm not interested in this comedy content. I'm a serious person. I don't want this stuff. This is ridiculous. Why am I even getting this? And they'll unsubscribe because they don't want that content. They subscribed for a different reason. So that's one of the problems of putting everything together in a single channel when it's not all tied together. I mean, the commonality between all of this content is me, and that's it. There is no connection between how to podcast and clean comedy. There's very little connection between our clean comedy and our Once Upon a Time content. It just doesn't make sense to dump all of these things into a single channel. Fortunately, that's the way I have it right now. What this means, and I'll email my list about this, 
over at theaudacitypodcast.com. Get on the list because I that's where I share certain tips, ask questions of my audience, give insider previews and great content there, and also let you know when I post new blog posts and videos so that you don't miss any of that content. But it's not just RSS updates. But anyway, uh, they're on my list. I'll give more details about this and why you should avoid this. But the way I recommend that you do this now is create a Google Plus page for each of your shows. Then with that Google Plus page, create a YouTube channel for that page and then upload your videos to that YouTube channel. That way you also get great benefits like inviting managers to that YouTube channel and they can manage stuff like your annotations, tweak settings, upload content for you, manage your videos, whatever it is over on that channel, which you can't invite a manager onto your personal channel. So that's a problem I'm really facing now that I want certain annotations in my old videos, but I can't get them because I'm really not comfortable sharing my Google account with anyone out there. My virtual assistant is great, but I I just am not comfortable sharing my Google account with anyone else. So I'm at an impasse. I'm stuck. So don't make my mistake. Create a separate YouTube channel for each show or at least each niche. If you have several tech shows, then you could probably get away with combining them into a single channel. But I definitely recommend have separate channels for separate niches, if not for separate shows. Another quick tip is include your links and promo text in your description. Don't just include the specific links, like to the show notes for that particular episode and just the equipment used in that episode, but use some kind of standard script that you paste into every episode. This could be a description about you, about your show, links to subscribe, rate and review in iTunes, and all of that stuff. So that way, all of that text that's in your bio or description that you use contributes to your search engine optimization for those videos and it tells people a little bit more about your content as well as gives people an opportunity to link to these other platforms where you are like your youtube channel for separate content or your twitter account your facebook page your email list anything like that you could point them to these different places you can use long links or short links or whatever but include those links and promo text in your descriptions for every video Number three, add your own video thumbnail. Don't let YouTube choose a thumbnail for you because often this will get you in some really weird expression. And there are certain people out there who it's, it's not that they're ugly or anything, but it's just trying to photograph them and get a still frame of their face while they're talking it can be very difficult and you get really weird faces too. And YouTube doesn't let you pick which part of the video you want to use. It just suggests a few different thumbnails. I highly recommend that you upload your own thumbnail, even if it's just taking your own screenshot from your video. That can work great, but what makes it even better is put in big text something about that video that describes it. Like if you look at my videos over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash YouTube, you'll see that I put in some kind of little image that's relevant to the product or service that I'm talking about and big text that lets people see from the thumbnail what the video is about. Number four quick tip for using YouTube is include subscription annotations in every video that you make. I recommend that for your YouTube version of your podcast, if you do something like that, have a separate ending that includes a subscribe button or maybe some little preview of previous videos, anything like that, that is 
a strong call to action. Display that for a few seconds at the end and then hyperlink those with the YouTube annotations so it encourages people to subscribe. I've seen all kinds of really creative ways that people have done this kind of stuff, like animations or just standing there begging you to subscribe as a subscribe button displays on the screen. Or they could do a kind of boring method like I do, and that is I just display my logo, a button that says subscribe, and then another spot where it's just some videos that loop through, and that's where you can link back to the playlist to watch more of my videos. But that kind of thing can work really well And it gives people a call to action to connect with your content. Include that kind of subscription link in every single video. Even if you haven't had a subscribe button in the video itself. And remember, that does not make sense to put out there in a podcast version because people can't tap on the screen to make it subscribe them. But in your YouTube, you can do this. But even if you didn't put something like that in your video. Your video is already online. You don't have any visual subscribe thing like that. You could still put up an annotation at the beginning, at the end, anywhere you want that says subscribe for more content like this or subscribe if you like this, like this video for such and such. You can then engage with your community that way and build an audience on this platform by getting people to subscribe with these simple calls to action. So I'd love to hear from you some of your tips for using YouTube with podcasting and some of your thoughts and experience on this content that I've shared in this episode number 186. Please comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 186. If you'd like to see the talking head video, it will also be there in the show notes. But I really, I'd say either watch the whole thing or don't watch it at all. Just look at the screenshot because I really want to get a good scientific experiment from this to see how well does this do on YouTube? How likely are people to stay for talking head video? And you can find that, though, in my YouTube channel over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash YouTube. I'd love to help you launch or improve your own podcast. So please contact me with your questions and things that you'd like me to cover in the Audacity to Podcast by emailing feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. You can also go to theaudacitypodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right from the website. Big thanks to those who have left ratings and reviews in iTunes. Check them out at theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes and discover how you can get your own international ratings and reviews automatically emailed to you by going to mypodcastreviews.com. I'm really looking forward to podcast movement in Dallas and I hope to see you there or I hope that I got to see you there if you are listening to this afterward. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com and The Ramen Noodle on Twitter. Thank you for listening or watching. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mixed Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.